Yes, yes, I've got the script. But it doesn't make any sense. Fine, I'll read it. Hello, my name is Sean Connery. If you enjoy hearing people discuss big, stompy robots, or battle mechs, as they are called, then you have the time to waste listening. <clears throat> and you enjoy listening to podcasts, then you could do worse than listening to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. The Inner Sphere Chronicles, with your host, Walter Tucker. Join me now as I examine the events and decisions, both past and present, that have shaped the course of human history across the Inner Sphere. After the War of 3039, Solaris 7 saw a surge in national pride among the citizens of the newly formed Rasselhag Republic. The demand for Solaris to officially recognize a sixth major Intersphere power led to the creation of an extra seat on the Solaris Gaming Commission and the construction of a brand new arena. Shortly afterwards, the first stables officially aligned with the new state began to establish themselves as fixtures in the competitive brackets. Many pundits and fans still do not see the Rasselhagian stables and pilots as capable of competing on the big stage with the other house-aligned stables, thus mirroring national political feelings about the position and power of the new state. Games reflect life, and Solaris 7 proves that there may be no exception to this rule. I'm Walt Tucker, and this is an Innersphere Chronicle. The Inner Sphere Chronicles is written by David Martin, with additional material by George Ledoux. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Any similarity to persons living or dead is a product of your imagination. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 112. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is May 21st, 2014, and I'm joined by Darren. Hey, everyone. And today's co-host, Brandon. Oh, hi, guys. And Tyler. Hello. No longer a special guest host. You are just a host. Moving up in the world. I know. <laughs> Do you feel any different? There's a strange tingling. I don't know. <laughs> All Go right, see so... Anyways, I just want to give a uh, quick shout out to uh, everyone out there in the live audience. Appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. Hopefully this is uh, a good podcast for you to sit down, kick back and relax. Maybe you're at work, whatever you're doing out there. So we've got a few discussion topics uh, I want to go ahead and break out is uh, maps. This is always a big, uh, you know, topic we're dropping all the time, whether it's, uh, you know, we'll get into game mode discussion a little bit. But um, can we talk for a little bit about which maps work? and don't work and then if they don't work or if they do work why and uh, i feel like uh, tyler you've got you've got something to tell the world about maps tell us what, what you what you feel i think phil's getting a little tingling sensation he knows you've got something to talk about we talking about which work for a competition which don't just in uh, general in general yeah i mean it could be specific to competition since you do that so much but i mean we're basically just an overall look at the maps that we have today which ones work could be for pugging could be for competition why they do or don't how they could be improved what other kinds of maps we want to see etc all the maps have a place they've all i mean given where you engage from they all have unique ways you can fight a battle and certain mechs do excel in certain environments and don't in other ones like you know a Brawler Atlas will do good in River City, but will do awful in Alpine Peaks. Now, certain maps are just inherently imbalanced because 
they're not symmetrical. So, like River City, for instance, with the old spawns and even the conquests and skirmish spawns currently, one side has a huge advantage if they spawn in the upper base area. That's just inherently imbalanced. That's always been a problem in competition. And until they change the spawn points and the locations for the assault base locations, just camping upper base was a valid tactic, and it really sucked to be the team not on upper base. Most of those games just came down to waiting up 15 minutes and moving on to the next map. Now, uh, we saw a lot of Forest Colony at the tournament the last weekend, and they, again, certain, the upper spawn sometimes has an advantage. Uh, it has an easier time out at water. So, it's, it varies from map to map. I like most of the maps. I really like some of the bigger maps. I like uh, Tourmaline Desert. I like... Caustic Valley is great. So there are some well-balanced ones, but we'll talk about turrets in a little bit and the deal with them. So I guess, you know, let me break in here. Why do some of these maps not work? You, you mentioned River City. Um, for me, looking at River City, and you said they have the upper high ground. It's on some of these, you have very long distance sight lines. Uh, River City, you can be at the top. You can literally see across the map where they spawn. You can shoot them pretty much as soon. And they don't have a whole lot of cover, um, so they have to move right towards the Citadel. And then, you know, usually if it's the Citadel, then it, you know, just sort of... I, I just feel like there could be a few introductions of, you know, uh, geometry, like terrain geometry, like big rocks or uh, tall building. Like, for instance, Citadel, there's nothing over where the park is to sort of break that up or break that line of sight from, from one end of the map. And the same thing with Forest Colony is Forest Colony, you literally spawn on the beach on one end, and up near the you know mining facility in the other, and you take a few steps out, and you can shoot each other. Um, and I feel like that's where the sight lines. I guess sometimes you may want certain areas to be where you can see that far, but I feel like there needs to be a little bit more cover to where you can bound, right? Um, Caustic Valley, even though it's 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 a really fun map to me, um, it's probably one of my favorites. Not my the favorite, but one of the problems is you always push up to the uh, caldera because it provides the most cover for you and from the caldera outwards up until the you know the ridges and stuff there's not a whole lot of cover so even introductions of like big rock and boulders or you know buildings or mining equipment or whatever it is would help sort of alleviate the long sight lines or at least the cover to be able to jump to one location to the other yeah well adding there is a lot more cover in this game than i have seen in previous mech warrior titles and that's one of the things that makes jump jetting and pop-tarting to the same extent even more powerful than it was in previous games is because that cover is everywhere already there are long sight lines but i also i like the look of the maps i like that they look authentic for the most part i mean it's still science fiction so they can put whatever they want in them but i i like that the maps aren't symmetrical but from a competitive standpoint that hurts the viability of certain maps Okay, now let's keep, uh, obviously, game mode discussion to the next topic, because that is what we're going to go into. So, strictly speaking, maps, and we can combine those two in the next topic, but what is a map to you guys that just, they freaking nailed it on the head? Like, this map works, you know, you have a good, you have good games, depend dis despite what side you spawn on, um, there's a good mix of cover and open ground. I mean, what's, what's the best map out there? Something that you'd like to see them take and, you know take those qualities and, and put into some of the newer maps. Frozen City. Frozen City would have to be one of my favorite maps to play on. Why? I think it's just pretty much solid combat. I mean, you got your ridge line where you can skirmish a little bit, but then you got that lower section as well, in like the C4, C5 area where you got the, the, the village and stuff like that you could push around and counter flank from. And then you also have the tunnels, which gives another flank and maneuver possibility. There's just a lot of places to move and different lines of fire that you can move to. So it's a really good play area. My only problem with uh, Frozen City, is, and you, you mentioned the tunnel, is because of, um, you know, basically, you can stick a mech right there on the outside of the tunnel with seismic, and you know if anybody... So, like, an early game tunnel rush, you never see it anymore, ever. Well, uh, is that a problem with the map, or is that with seismic in, in general? Uh, well, I would say, obviously, the map was designed before seismic, Um you know, so I would say maybe an alteration to that to where the tunnel is you can't be picked up. You know, I think that would probably help things uh, to, you know, oh, hey, surprise, we have a tunnel rush or something. But, uh, you know, Darren, to, to hit on your point, I think for me, one of my favorite maps is Canyon Network. But I think 
in general, one of my issues with Candy Network is it's so jump jet, like dependent. Well, like yeah, but uh, you can work well without jump jets. But if you have jump jets, you have the clear advantage. There's not a whole lot of um, a clear defined paths up the you know the the, the almost sheer walls. I mean, the, you know, you either have to be running full tilt. Um, or if you're an assault mech, you know, good luck. So I feel like the the pathing needs to be fixed as far as on some allow like a little trail that goes up the side of it at an angle. So it may not be just an instant right up the hill. Um, but that's really fun to me. I, I see a lot of good fights, but I would say the ultimate map to me that I have some of the best matches on is Caustic Valley. Uh, even though there's a lot of wide open areas, I've seen brawls break out in the middle. I've seen brawls go to the right of it, left of it, and um, we've even seen it on the you know the the fringes out to the right, not near the water, the other side to where um, you know uh, the other spawn would um, would be as far as the cap point. I really like it, and I love the use of lights around the trees because uh, if you have ECM, you because trees can't be knocked down, you can sort of use it as a visual you know blockade to the enemy fire they just can't see you you can shoot and shoot and shoot um i feel like trees could definitely be utilized and hopefully in the future you hit a tree and it get you know falls down or catches on fire or something like that well, unless they got their graphics settings on low then they don't see the trees yeah but i have to agree caustic valley is probably the most balanced map that pgi's put out all forms of combat are completely viable lrms work amazing uh, sniping works amazing. Brawling works amazing. All all forms of combat fit in on that map perfectly. So Caustic is the, the pinnacle, I would say, of a balanced map. And if you take the high ground in the actual caldera, you're, yeah, you have the positional, but you're also getting tremendous amounts of heat. So, you know, it's a trade-off. Yeah, you have the position, but are you as effective as combat? So usually you want to push over the ridge there. You know, HPG um, is actually one of the new maps. I really love HPG. I love uh, multiple levels, uh, you know, multiple scaling. Uh, you know, there's low ground, high ground. There's a fight going underneath you. I think that's actually really cool. And there's different ways to come in um, from on HPG. I would almost say, though, uh, it suffers slightly from the same thing uh, Terra Therma does, which is funneling. Uh, there's only, you know, four entrances in HPG. Um, it would be interesting if they added, like, diagonal smaller entrances. So there was a total of eight coming in. Um, and, you know, it's not the, the safest route to go down there. But I don't really see a whole lot of teams turtling in the, the bottom center um, because you can, you know, negotiate and come in and out and shoot and blah, blah, blah. But Terra Therma, by far, I would say, is the worst... It's the it's a co very cool looking map, but it suffers from a uh, huge design flaws in my opinion, which is uh, funneling in the middle, uh, and then on top of that, uh, being able to negotiate most of the map. Most of the map's not used because it's high spires and stuff like that. Um, so basically, you have lanes that you travel, and that's it. So for me, it may not be my it's not my favorite. I like some matches on it, but. It just, I feel like I'm routed the entire time through, you know, a predetermined path, and I, they're small, they're, and of course, you know, if you take the center in Terra Therma, you normally dominate. It's, it is one of the more balanced maps, though, besides uh, one side having to cross a bridge to get into the middle, and one side just having a little hump they need to go over. Besides that, it's very even for the two teams that are fighting there. So not, one side has a slight advantage, but it's not as bad as many, many other maps. Yeah, I totally agree with you on uh, Canyon Network. When we were, I guess it was streaming yesterday and we had uh, the Beef joining us. You know, he and I were both in assaults using a Battle Master. I was in my Atlas. The pathing, man, sometimes, especially if you're in a little section you're maybe you're not super familiar with or haven't memorized as far as the pathing that goes up. I mean, it ended up, I had to push his ass up over the, the edge and there was nobody pushing me up. So I had to go all the way around. So yeah, I'd love to see some pathing reworking on Canyon Network. My gut instinct for my favorite map was going to be uh, Crimson Strait because I really love city maps. I want to see bigger ones. Uh, but then as I started thinking about it, actually, I think HPG has become my favorite almost because it it feels like a huge city map. It, or it could be in that just you're, you're surrounded by essentially structures, buildings or whatever. Like ultimately what I want to see is some kind of New York City style map. And I don't mean New York City. I mean, just tall buildings. I mean, you can't jump on the top of the buildings. You can't see around the buildings. You're in the middle of a damn superstructure city and, you know, and, and brawling. Yes. Skyscrapers. Thank you, uh, Tesla there. But, um, 
you know, that's what I've been waiting for forever in any mech game. I just want total huge city combat. Um, and I'd like to see that, but I think right now HPG is my favorite multiple reasons. Uh, aesthetically, I like the sounds, I like the feel, I like, you know, the play there. I, I always have fun on that map. Um, but what I'd like to move into is what kind of maps we'd like to see. Now, of course, we know that the quote-unquote jungle map is coming. That that's what's being worked on, and that's probably the next map that we'll see. But what kind of maps would you guys like to see brought to the game in order to balance it more? Do we need more short-range maps, more long-range maps, more like Caustic that can really play to any game style? And also somebody in chat mentioned that they'd like to see multiple versions of maps again, like we've got Forest Colony and Forest Colony Snow. Are there any maps that you guys would like to see them do a you know, different daytime cycle or uh, weather? What kind of stuff would you like to see us moving into? Well, there's a couple things I would really like to see, but as far as another variant of a map, I think, just hear me out, Crimson Strait, but winter and i know we have a lot of winter maps and stuff like that but i think it would be really cool to have all the water just be ice or something like that so it's no longer you can go into it but uh rather along the top of it or something like that and maybe pa- uh, have the saddle actually snowed up or something like that i really like the idea of night maps like pitch black night now i've had discussions with other members out there and they hate the idea uh like river city night to me i wish it was a little bit darker um, to where you couldn't see, you know, at all. Yeah, you could see the lights and stuff and, and people firing. And the reason I say this is a Battletech fan, right, they have to use their, you know, Magnus scan. They have to use their thermal. They have to use, you know, night vision. They, you know, they have to use all their tools in their mechs. And for me, that's more of a Battletech experience. Now, that all being said, I would love to see night versions of all the maps and, and, and you know, maybe frozen versions or you know whatever other they want to go with but i feel like uh another thing with that discussion is you know night vision in general being able to see as far you know uh what happens a lot is people up there um in their video settings they turn up their threshold for gain ga- uh, gamma that's what it gamma, is gamma. Yeah, that's it, sorry. and they turn up their gamma so like on uh, people do this i mean i know it, it happens so people on like river city they'll turn up their gamma so they don't need to use uh you know a night vision or so to me, I feel like the people that don't do that uh, sort of suffer because their limitations on night vision is, what, 700 meters, thermals like 600, 500, um, and you have people that basically alter uh, so they get an advantage. So I'd like to see multiple uh, you know, night versions, but if I could pick one map, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see a jungle or something like that. We've we've got a desert, we've got an asteroid, we've got um, you know frozen. Um, I would love to see maybe uh, something like on MechWarrior Living Legends. They had a uh, like a thunder rift, which was a huge cavernous thing where you had water dropping from you know above, and you had multiple. Land- it was just really really cool. I'd love to see something like that where it was like all under a cavern, uh, something like that to. Anyways, I, I just thought aesthetically, and it played really well as, uh, as well. So, Thunder Rift was awesome. So so was the desert one. I liked what they did with the dunes in the desert. So you could really, there's a broad space of desert where you could use the dunes as cover and try and advance on each other. Uh, yeah, was... you could you could push over and then you'd be exposed and then you drop back down. So if you're really quick, you could get a few shots off. Um, so as far as a, a map, uh, one thing that I will say going back to which do and don't work I think if you were to break down why some maps work and some maps, you know, fall short is like, for instance, Crimson Trade, I really like the platform, right? It creates literally you have a battle above and below at the same time. I think that's really cool. Um, there to me, there should always be multiple avenues of escape. Like on on Crimson, I feel like there should be another avenue through the mountains, uh, you know, left or right or something like that. You have the tunnels and you have, you know, saddle and stuff. I, I just feel the same thing on uh, Frozen City. I feel like there should be another way, uh, you know, that the pathing for the the tunnel, uh, you know, should be changed a little bit. Um, I really like the verticality on uh, Kenya Network. You'll have stuff going down in the ravines and you'll have stuff above. Um, I think what Kenya Network suffers from is because of jump jets, how dominant they are mechs that aren't jump jet capable get fired down upon so maybe some higher up cover to where you know there was actual covered tunnels in there i mean you know the little rock formations that you can walk across what if those were wider so you know in certain areas to where there was Mm -hmm. little tunnel fights and stuff a little bit more cover 
You know what would be awesome is Crimson Straits, like, destroyed, like, post-huge battle. Like, part of the platform is knocked down, the, dis- the building. I mean, obviously, you'd be having to create a bunch of new assets, destroyed buildings or whatever. But I'd love to see a city map post-destruction. Ooh, I got to point out, someone just brought up, um, there was a map on Living Legends. It was called Lunacy. It was their asteroid map. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was the best map in that particular mod and this is what if you never played living legends on this particular map let me let me break it down think of hpg right uh that was sort of the the aesthetic as far as the asteroid sort of feel they had these huge hpg like uh, dishes and there was this like weird chemical liquid water and and there was pools of it and lakes of it and you had all, all these avenues to uh you know maneuver and stuff like that well there was also a cyclical cycle within like you know, three to four or five minute time frame that it would get super hot and those pools of water would unfreeze. And then you'd get a warning like, eh, 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 and it would start getting cool and they would freeze over and you could actually walk on top of them. So it went from a liquid to a solid. And if you were underneath the water when it froze, there were still avenues for you to get out, but uh, it's not like you were stuck. But from a gameplay perspective, if you had a really hot mech, you'd be holding off on, you know, very conservative you'd be just waiting come on come on get cold get cold get cold it was uh low gravity as well um you know if you jump sniped in this uh you know tyler uh, if you jump snipe (laughs) you would be hanging in the air and be like oh shit so you you know you think oh jump jets there were more just you would want to just tap them to get over terrain and if you hit them too high you'd be exposed in there you'd be taken out so i think uh you know maybe something like that uh, in the future um but it was an incredibly dynamic map. I mean, just the most dynamic map I've seen, I think. Yeah. All right, you want to move us into the next one? Obviously, we have uh, Coming Soon. It's the jungle map. Uh, we haven't heard anything about this, and there was two maps in production. Um, we're going to reach out to, you know, uh, PGI and Russ and see if we can get an answer on the, the maps. You know, maybe a, is there a screenshot, concept art, anything like that. So hopefully we'll have an answer for you guys soon on the maps um, and maybe even get it answered in the vlog or something like that. All right, so let's go ahead and move in to the next big topic, and I talk about this every day, game modes on maps. Skirmish, Assault, and Conquest. Let's go ahead and break down, on Assault mode, what are good maps and what are bad maps? And let me, you know, obviously if it's a bad or if it's good, tell us why. So um, let's go down the list. Uh, Darren, what are your thoughts on Assault mode? What is a good map and what's a bad map? Mm, assault mode let's see i don't uh caustic valley i have no problem with assault mode frozen city no problem with assault mode i mean obviously the ones that kind of stick out as needing some work they stick out so we can get to those but i think there's a lot of maps where assault mode works it's just where the turrets are you know placed um what kind of engagements you can get in without being it's to me i mean i guess it's all up to pgi and, and what the game plan is but i don't like being harassed by turrets so much where it's taking away in my opinion from the battle that i'm trying to have with the other mech warriors you know like not being shot by enemy mechs but being where let's see where did this happen the other day this was on forest colony i mean you and i were both basically legged by missile turrets um we weren't being shot by enemies we were being shot by so it's like it just takes away rather than adding in my opinion but yeah i guess um frozen city works well caustic valley works well for me an example of a good map would be Tourmaline Desert. The turrets are not invasive at all. The The map is huge, so most of the fighting takes place in the middle of the map. The turrets don't interfere like they do on maps like Alpine, where the focal point of the map is I-9, the tall hill, and the base, the east base, can shoot their turrets up onto the hill. It's really it's stupid. <laughs> it's, always a, it's always not fun, so... I, for the most part, have been avoiding assault mode for the past month or so. Uh, Maps like River City, where you literally spawn looking at the enemy's turrets, and as soon as they get activated, they'll just pummel you the whole game. Like Bombadil said, Forest Colony, you can get shot halfway across the map. Caustic Valley, same way, get shot halfway across the map by one of the team's turrets. So, it seems that the, the turrets work much better on the large maps, for the most part. Like, even Terra Therma, it works great. Uh, not Alpine but on the smaller maps it could probably use with having fewer turrets or having them like placed even farther back away from the fights so the areas PGI has the heat maps we can all we all have access to see the heat maps where people travel and the turrets shouldn't be covering 
the densest part of those heat maps with their fire. What about well, uh, different turrets in general? That's what I was I mean, going to ask. If, if we were to look at, what is the, okay, so we've asked this question before. What is the point of turrets? Is it a cap, you know, um, is it to detour lights or anybody from capping early on? Is it a immersion thing? Is it a balance? Is it a, just a, hey, if you, you know, situational awareness, you know, oh, crap, I stumbled into the turrets. For me, what I look at is each map needs specific types of turrets. River City needs SRMs. And the, the reason I say SRMs are you could avoid them if you're moving quick enough and you're not stationary, right? Um, if you're stationary or if you're a larger mech, you, know, you may take a few hits. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe just medium lasers work and stuff like that. Maybe an occasional large laser or even a PPC or something turret. Just something, but for the most part, they shouldn't be affecting the battle that's going on in, you know, in the middle of the map. It shouldn't be doing that. The same thing goes for Forest Colony. Forest Colony, in my opinion, um, they should have turrets set up so they're directional to where you can approach. You know, if you're coming up the slope or the sides or something like that, they're pointed down, you know, the alley, and they have, you know, an autocannon, you know, 10 or something like that. I don't know, something short range, um, but not LRMs just in general. They're, they're disruptive to the gameplay, I think, on those particular maps. Um, whereas, like, on Alpine... I think the turrets would be fine on Alpine because the other cap point, not the I-9, you know, uh, cap point, if that would be the, what, uh, southwest uh, corner, the the turrets aren't a problem on that cap point. The problem uh, why on Alpine it doesn't work is it's because I-9 is so dominant. If the other team is trying to cap, all you got to do is sit up on there, and not only are you able to shoot the enemy, but your turrets are also raining down on them. So I feel like I-9 on, on Alpine, that base, needs to be moved I feel like it needs to be moved to that other side of um, where the old uh, cap point used to be. That little little facility. It looked like a training facility. You know, uh, off to the right there. I don't know what grid that's in. You guys know what I'm talking about? The uh, yeah. Was it J12? I think someone's saying J12. Now, I, I still think the I-9 Hill causes issues because of how dominant you can see. And this is one thing, if I was to say why Alpine doesn't work, and this is why. Some people might not like me for this. There, it has too long of sight lines. It is too visible. You can literally see an enemy three kilometers away. Um, and I understand some maps, maybe that works and maybe you want that. But how the game is played and in the future, if you know what map you're going to be dropping on, all you're going to see is long range sniping. I feel like they should have dynamic weather on there. I'm not saying um, I don't like the weather on uh, Frozen City. I'm saying dynamic weather where you'd have storms blowing in. Maybe it eases up, um, stuff like that. I think it would cut the sight lines down to, you know, 600, uh, you know, 700 meters max. That way you could still maneuver. You wouldn't be able to see someone maneuvering around the I-9 hill and stuff like that. I think it would dynamically change things. But right now, you literally, you know exactly where the enemy is. You know exactly where they're moving. I think that's a, a bad thing for assault. And skirmish. Now, moving on to the next one, Conquest. I think Alpine Conquest is actually one of the funnest uh, you know, modes on that map. Actually, I would say it's the best and only good one on that particular uh, map is uh, Conquest. When they changed up the Conquest points, oh, it was great. Yeah, it's funny. War Noodle just said uh, turrets need arty and airstrikes. That would be fun. Um, you're, to really quickly answer your question, Phil, you said what is point of turrets? I think it's all of the above. I think it's immersion. I think it's um, to keep people from back gapping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think they just need to be more thought out. That's the, the whole point, you know, like um, certain maps need certain types of turrets. And I think we can get to a better point as far as that whole turret situation goes. Well, but, I mean, to me, it would make sense if it was like a, I don't know, an AI controlled LRM carrier, you know, striker unit in the background and enemy units could go and take it out and, you know, something like that. But just the turrets in general, it, it just doesn't fit. It needs to be map specific, short range uh, protecting the you know oil derrick or whatever it is, uh, or an obtainium or whatever. Well, it needs to make the the match more fun, not annoy you. You know, like right. I mean, that's the, the whole point. The turrets right now really encourage static gameplay, and that's not good for the game. It encourages people to camp near their turrets, and I mean, I understand that that's a competitive advantage that some people would like to take advantage of, and I'm fine with that. But uh, 
they could probably use to take away the resistance when they're in their shell mode or turtle mode or whatever it's called. Uh, that could probably be, th be thrown out the window. I don't think it needs that. It's not going to be breaking anything if they took that away. Being able to lay siege to the turrets would be nice from afar. And can we really talk I about something um, as well as light mechs and their roles on the battlefield? Now, light mechs were being abused to go cap way back when, when cap points were... You know, you would literally land on there with four light mechs and it would be over in less than like 10 seconds. They buffed those um, light mechs, I think, with the introduction, especially on the, it's it's hard for light mechs. They, you know, one or two light mechs cannot go and start capping a base, right? And it's a valid tactic. I mean, they, but they can't do it anymore. And I feel like that's another, you know, negative thing um, that's resulted. Again, I think if those light mechs were going up against uh, specific turrets or, or just some. The role, I mean, they can't even perform that role of back capping. Maybe pulling an enemy or two or a lance away from the forefront, they can't do that anymore. As soon as they even get spotted, they get start getting shot at. So it was, in my opinion, the introduction of assault mode with those type of turrets and how it works, it sort of took a, a role away from light mechs. I, I think, uh, as far as turrets go, I think there needs to be a reduction in turrets, and placement would probably be better if they changed them to like SRM turrets. And then place them closer to the actual points themselves. So you're not like maybe you put like three SRM turrets around like the point of cap. Um, that way you can easily take them out, and then you could also cap, and you'd still have your brawl and stuff like that. All right, what other um, maps do you guys like conquest on? I like uh, Caustic Valley. It's probably one of my you know second favorites uh, as far as uh, conquest. Um, I really like uh, conquest on uh, Kenny Network. Um, is there? Let me just put it this way: Is there any map you don't like Conquest on? Terra Therma? Would that be the only? Yeah, Terra Therma. I don't like Conquest on. Again, it's it's the movement and the predefined corridors, like you mentioned earlier, that you have to pass through. The map is simply too big. If if light mechs commit to capping early on, and I mean, once again, that's valid, a valid tactic. Uh, it's really difficult to catch back up once things get out of control. Could they do sort of something similar they did on Alpine? Remember Alpine? I was about used to say to like new that, Alpine right? is like fantastic for points. I love yeah, new Alpine. But if they pulled those side uh, ones on on Terra Therma, then again you can still go for that outlier, you know, Sigma and Gamma way way out there on both ends. But you're able to react quickly. It would dynamically change. Uh, yeah, you can cap those side ones, but you're going to be fighting, maneuvering, fighting, and of course the fights around, you know, the central area. Yeah, I brought this up a ways back on one of the other podcasts, but if they uh, changed up the spawn locations, the base locations for all the game modes, and like a season kind of structure, and we use parts of the maps that we've never used before, and as long as that cycled and we get to use another part of the map in a few months uh, further into the future, that would be great. I would love to see Terra Therma only take place with its conquest battle in like half the map. That would be great. And then the next few months you do it on another half of the map or a quarter of the map or however big you want to do it uh you know obviously i'm going to toss this out there um i think it'd be interesting if they ever introduced changes based on what the the game mode is to the map you know like for instance uh you know we just mentioned um on crimson straight maybe on a certain you know game mode um you know they closed up the saddle or the tur you know the the tunnel was closed but they added another avenue approach that'd be really neat so basically we'd get an additional map it'd be the same one with uh, you know alterations to f to to sort of facilitate yeah. that particular game mode and i think that would be really cool right um, now all we have as far as that goes is works colony snow where there's the avalanche that blocks in the west side of the map yeah all right so we've got uh you know there there's one more uh, is skirmish mode um obviously this one is this was this one was sort of controversial when it first came in. We talked about how it could be abused. Um, I haven't really seen it be abused um, often, to be to be honest. Uh, I haven't really even in pug matches. You don't see skirmish mode even on forest colonies. Someone going to caves and sitting. You don't. You really just don't see it very often. Um, you know, we'll talk about uh, you know a case by case basis and one that we just recently saw in the MW tournament. But we'll talk about that at the end. Um, but uh, skirmish mode for the most part. I'm okay with the only problem I have with skirmish wood currently is because of how the matchmaker is. Um, you'll have groups that take three assaults and heavy, and they drop, and they know how much influence they have, and then other groups drop and stuff like that. And you get a lot of assault mechs on skirmish 
uh, in that particular uh, in those particular uh, skirmish matches as you see a lot of the heavies and assaults come out um, because of how matchmaker is so I hope that would change and of course if threes you know when they ever get that implemented I think it is gonna help that game mode but uh, for the most part I actually do enjoy skirmish you, you know it allows you to maneuver you don't have to worry about assault mode on um, like forest colony uh, and I feel like uh, to me on a lot of the maps conquest and skirmish is actually my most enjoyable uh, maps and game modes but uh, let's go ahead and move on um, obviously they've talked about the up-and-coming attack and defend um, I'm actually looking forward to this this reminds me sort of like rush in the Battlefield series, uh, Battlefield Bad Company, I should say. Um, we haven't heard really a whole lot about it. Um, I think turrets kind of play a big part of this, but um, you know, are there any other game modes in any other games or any other type or genres that you guys would like to see? I mean, off the top of my head, you know, you could have something like, uh, you know, would AI be able to be used where you could have something like a, you know, a tower defense sort of style, you know, where you have you know grunts and, and tanks coming out. But uh, realistically, without those aside. With how the current mechs only are, as far as comment, is there any other game modes you guys? I would love to see a take and hold type game mode where, for example, yeah, kind of like capture the flag or king of the hill, um, where you would go, you could use the same points as conquest, but only one would be active at the time. So all the teams are rushing to that one point, and then say after a team caps it for a certain set amount of points, and the new one becomes active. So all the teams are then rushing to that point or something like that. Or two could be active or something like that. Or I think probably one would be the best as far as dynamics goes. But like a random one would activate. And then when it's captured after a certain period of time, a new one would then activate. And so the teams have to go there. So you kind of still be one life, but it would be managing of assets probably a, bit, a little bit more. I, yeah, I mean, somebody just mentioned in their escort missions. I think that would be great. But that obviously would require some kind of AI situation or whatever. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm wondering. As far as other game modes, like, for example, Capture the Flag or King of the Hill, I like the idea, and I think the game desperately needs some new game modes. But what about the game modes making sense, you know, for the game, for the universe, you know, lore-wise or whatever? Like, how do you make a Capture the Flag make sense? I don't want a game mode just for the sake of another game mode. I want game modes that build on the immersion, build on the you know the BattleTech universe. How do you but, do that? For example, in the one I just mentioned there, you could be using the mobile base assets or whatever. So when the you capture one, the new one goes up. So you're running to the to capture the next uh, intel or something like that. Well, I think what you're asking, Darren, is when it comes to like community warfare and planetary. I think that should be a set certain way. As far as map modes, uh, game modes they should use and maps and stuff like that. I think that's predetermined. But I think as far as a game mode being introduced, I'm all for fun. If it's balanced, if it's fun, if it's enjoyable, that's what I'm there for. Um, yes, as far as the Battletech nerd, I want to see those things being used. I would be okay with only those, uh, you know, hardcore sort of styles being used, like assaults and and you know conquests and stuff like that. You know, attack and defend being used for planetary. I'm okay with that. Why not? I know this is going to catch a lot of people. Um, why not have uh, mobile field bases? Why not have spawns on certain things? Imagine, if you will, you have a 30-minute timer or a 20-minute timer, um, and you only had four mechs or, you know, sort of like their dropship mode or something. Or even if you had one mech, but uh, you could, you know, respawn and, and stuff like that. But it's not like 60 minutes. It's not like MechWarrior 4, to, you know, um, style. It's not like you just keep respawning that same mech, but it's dynamic. Or what else could they do is they could even be even more dynamic to where maybe uh, it was attack and defend. And when you got to a certain location and held it for so long um, and you've lost a few guys, you got a whole new lance dropping in aerial like a, a reinforcement lance from a dropship and it's a new guys it's not the same guys you lost before i mean they could really make this dynamic where you take a, a thing you get a little bit of reinforcements if you take the next thing you get a little bit more reinforcements and defenders can you know be respawning or, or dropping in the battles themselves don't even have to be regu regulated to 24 people i guess that's what i would love to see is sort of like an attack and offend utilizing more than just the first 24 that were in there and i mean can you imagine that from the the spectate and like you know you you already died so you're watching your team you know as they play and you're you know cheering them on watching them push up hey they just took uh, you know cat b 
more of the map opens up here comes you know four more mechs drop pods you know coming down boom um i think it'd just be really cool if they could if they could do that a lot of wishful uh, thinking here yeah there's two things i'd also like to see this is also going back on our previous topic a little bit uh, i would love to see a just a death match uh no teams or anything like that, just straight slugging it out and then maybe for the private lobby side of things a optional selectable map where it's just kind of like a flatter slightly domed terrain for that game type where it's just a straight coliseum circle i'm gonna no... say it right now solaris arena make solaris make oh, yeah, that's up. basically that's what it that's basically what it is but i think yeah free for all and then if you wanted if you have premium time so you can select the map uh for the deathmatch have that have that arena where if you wanted to do eight eight people in the circle fighting in the coliseum like go at it I think, I think Solaris opens up all kinds of potential for, I don't want to say goofy uh, game modes, but more just fun-based game modes. Like, hey, let's just do this because it's fun. Um, I think as far as a battlefield goes, I always want to feel like the battle is real and that there's a reason why we're doing this. I don't want to be chasing a Jenner across the battlefield because he's got a flag on his back. or You know, like... Um, that takes out of the immersion for me, but I think Solaris, yeah, would totally open up a lot of possibilities for well, fun. Well, and you're talking, again, if it's connected to planetary warfare, you know, uh, community warfare, I think there should be specific game modes used, right? But for normal Joe Schmo, random play, indoor, you know, arena or something like that, having, I don't like, you know, um, capture the flag. I think we could do something else that's unique, uh, that's different. Um, and obviously it would just take a little bit of, you know, imagination on their part. I guess, uh, a Solaris Arena would be really cool just for that. It would allow multiple brackets. You'd, you'd literally have, you know, the 25, you know, 20 to, you know, 30 ton brackets and you'd have welterweights. You could have 1v1 brackets. You could have 4v4, 8v8, stuff forth. You could even have fun, you know, um, matches where you have like, hey, it's, uh, gonna be, uh, 12 locusts versus, you know, six you know, whatever, uh, Shadowhawks or something like that. There could be a ton of stuff they could do, and it would obviously add to the gameplay, but... Um... Like you led this segment off with, I, I know that they don't have the assets necessarily to start doing, a, like a like you said, the MOBA-style thing. Not that I want the game to become a MOBA, but for there to be lanes and NPCs, that would be the most realistic. That satisfies Bombadil. That satisfies a cool game mode. It would be nice if tanks rolling down. Let's just use River City as an example boats or hovercraft fighting in the in the river from both sides tanks on one side infantry on the other side whatever you want and have it be an objective to kill enemy assets and if you happen to kill all the enemy assets then you win to give something for spiders with flamers to do go kill infantry it gives something for big mechs to do they kill the tanks they kill the other mechs this that, is... that would be the greatest kind of a fight that mech war online could have not even a moba but just just imagine this you've got river city You've got Team A that is up top near the dropship, and you've got Team B that spawns out in the water, right? And you've got tanks and infantry on both sides. Uh, maybe you have a few more defenders because your actual defender is up top. And you're working with your AI NPC. You hear the grunt, a lot like Titanfall. I mean, you know, that's one thing I really love about that particular game as far as the yeah. AI element. And I would compare I, it more to War Thunder, even in the way the NPCs move out yeah. on, their, on their paths. Yeah. Like oh, God. I was, no. See, I'm playing War Thunderground beta right now, and one of my biggest complaints is the fucking AI. Uh, they're stupid. They immediately start just shooting the ground in front of them. Okay, okay. And they well, do that. I don't want them to be completely okay, stupid. St okay, stop, yeah. Darren. What we're talking about is the level of immersion factor. No, I know, yes, but what I'm but... saying is that if they're not done right, now I totally oh, yeah, agree. Okay, yeah. but, Titanfall, I mean, we... done right, adds to the immersion. War Thunder, done yeah. wrong, okay. draws from I, the immersion. Okay, what I'm saying is, in a perfect world scenario, you've got Team A and Team B, and again, the you, we are the mech warriors. We are the pinnacles of the battlefield. We are the important, but you can literally, and you hear that, you know, uh, the Grunts would be saying, hey, we need reinforcements on the left side, stuff like that. And even if it, the gameplay wasn't a deathmatch where, you know, you push up, you lose your mech, you're out. Or even if it had reinforcements like a dropship mode where you had four mechs or something, I think it would be so fun and enjoyable. And the immersion factor for me, that's, that's Battletech, and that's what I've been waiting. Now, we talked to them about this in the past as far as AI. They said... Yes, they would love to do that, but they have other things to focus on right now. In a perfect world, that's the type of thing, and it would work on all the maps and, and, and immersion factor. And again, it, it comes back to we're still 
you know the top of the food chain uh it it give the ability for you know lighter mechs with machine guns up against infantry or you know do you want to use that ac5 shot to kill that one grunt or tank or do you use your you know lasers um so anyways Let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, topic, which is missiles, SRMs, and LRMs. Obviously, SRMs still aren't reliable. Um, in general, we've been waiting for this Brian Buckton patch that they talked about. There was this write-up on a command share post that uh, they found some underlying issues. Um, you know, we've uh, you know been asking, waiting, waiting, waiting. I think, for me in general, you've got one weapon group that's been out of the fight for I don't know how many months. You've got a full SRM six, SRM twos, SRM fours, just haven't been there and unfortunately that does affect uh the meta of the game that affects builds of the game and i feel like these need to come back that we need to have them on the battlefield and especially with the clans being not far off we need srms to work um hopefully in the next few patches we're going to reach out to pgi you know maybe get an answer um about that but uh i feel like srms are sorely needed they've been sorely needed um now granted i do want to say Last time we we really saw SRMs work, they were broke too. They were doing more damage than they were supposed to because of splash damage and stuff like that. So I feel like once SRM hit reg is in, they probably are going to have to tune uh, damage, whether up or down. I don't know yet, but I'm going to assume up just a bit. But yeah, uh, Solon in the audience says, uh, weren't they kind of fixed? The answer is yes, they have been partially fixed. There was an improvement. We did notice it, but there's still you know quite a big uh gap that needs to be um remedied and and that is what buckton has said is being worked on and so i'm sure we're going to see that or i'm hoping uh we're going to see that you know within the next few patches well they're just not reliable and what i mean by this Dylan, is if i go in there and i fire 10 volleys of srm6 and i only hit with four or five of them and out of the actually four or five i'm only doing a percentage of the actual damage that's not reliable now one of those volleys i could have done actually full damage it's still not reliable and uh, as far as players we're not going to take unreliable weapons and that's what you see you see some people go out there and they do well with them but it's always situational sometimes you do sometimes you don't i last week i fired uh three volleys of two srm sixes into a uh into a victor they hit but no registration at all i'm not going to bring a weapon system that's not reliable um, and unfortunately, that does detract from uh, the game. Uh, we need that close-range missile weapon system to work. Absolutely. You can get a lucky shot with a BB gun, but you're always going to get a good shot with a forty-five. And it's the same with you know the weapons in this game. You want to take whatever's going to get you the best match. Yes, you can see somebody take out SRMs and have a good match, but uh, that's not consistent like Phil was saying. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's led to how prevalent jump snipers are because ballistic weapons have the best registration of any of the weapon systems right now. So that's what a lot of players want to take. And also, the absence of SRMs for so long has really reduced the viability of a lot of the medium mech chassis. The weight savings, the lightweight missile weapons, uh, is really important for a lot of medium mechs, and it just hasn't been there. All right, so yesterday with the patch hit, um, people started reporting LRM hit reg issues. Um, I think, uh, Tyler, you guys were doing some testing. I started getting questions from you guys. I got questions from uh, some of the devs like, hey, are you noticing anything weird and stuff like that? Boom, all of a sudden, a little bit longer, a post came out saying, hey, we've recognized there's an issue. It looks like something was broke. Uh, they have identified the issue, I do believe. There's a hot fix coming. No ETA on that. But this was actually sort of big because... I really noticed it yesterday. I was dropping. I was uh, working on my my hero treb, which had four streaks, which I then removed because I was doing like a handful of damage. What they're supposed to like, <laughs> it was it was that reduced to where I was getting pounded by forty LRMs, and I was able to walk away, shrug it off, come back, engage again, come back. It was so as soon as I noticed that, I stripped the, the SRMs off. Um, hot fixes coming. But that just sort of goes to show you, you know, the difference of, uh, you know, LRMs, like LRMs even right now and missiles, even the streaks, how important they are because they're, you know, streaks are a lightweight weapon. They're great to deter other, you know, light mechs and, and even mediums and stuff like that. But when they're not working, it, energy and ballistic all the way. I mean, that's your only viable options. So, again, we need missiles. We need missiles all across the board, SRMs, to work and be reliable we need them to be there <laughs> well yeah i mean the like you know the aces match in the tournament inspired me to to start with lrms yesterday during the stream in the first half of the stream at least if not more 
I was using LRMs and I got let down. I was disappointed. So it's good to know why. Well, speaking you of which, coordinate, man. Speaking of which, we do um, our, our next topic. We're going to just cover over this because we're going to go in depth after the tournament's over. But MWO, the first engagement tourney going on. Um, the one thing I just want to roll in from that last topic is I hope the hotfix comes tomorrow uh, or early Friday because matches start on Friday afternoon. And if it's not here, were any LR- teams going to take any LRMs? I don't know. Um, but it's just the fact of if SRMs and streaks aren't working, that changes everything. I think you'll see Jenners being used instead of, you know, a Jenner, uh, the six medium laser instead of, uh, you know, the two. You're, you'll see Firestars being used, Ravens. Uh, it's going to take out any streaks being used, which affects even the Shadowhawks and stuff like that. So we need that uh, that Missile Hot Fix to go back in just for the fact of if we don't don't even see LRMs, at least we'd see streaks being viable, but LRMs need to be back there. So, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, the first thing, which is um, when we started streaming. Which was, uh, by the way, I'm really enjoying the tournament. Um, again, shout outs to Farp and Noodle for helping with that overlay system. That overlay system that you guys were watching, the brackets and the mech information, being able to pull all of that was thanks to one gentleman, Farp and Noodle. Thank you so much. Uh, for reaching out to me and then helping me set that up and, and coordinate with you. And we've even got a few updates of helping with the text. Um, it was at a lower resolution anyways, but uh, you guys will see that uh, on Friday. The Let's talk about the viewership and participation. Um, I think participation-wise, they had 55, 56 teams sign up. They only had 32 slots. Uh, so I actually heard of a few teams that I knew of that didn't make it in. I think that's great participation. I foresee, and I'm going to predict that we're going to see more participation on future tournaments, especially if and when Community Warfare comes out in the near future. Do you guys have any predictions about that? I mean, are you, are, uh, Tyler and, and Brandon, you guys are part of the competitive scene. Are you guys happy? Are, are you looking for more, you know, tournaments? I think everyone's really looking for more tor- tournaments. Uh, I think format and stuff like that. Again, you said after this is all over, we'll sit down and do a longer thing about our thoughts and stuff like that. But I think overall, I think more tournaments would be nice. Um, definitely alternative rule sets, perhaps, would be nice as well. Yeah, of course, everybody's looking forward to more tournaments. The competitive scene has been waiting for PGI to pick up and start doing things like this for a, a very long time. And now that it's here, we're, we're thrilled to see it. We'll have some critiques for what's been going on after this is all over, but we're really enjoying it so far. Yeah, and so everyone knows we are going to do a post-tournament uh, podcast, so we'll get much more into detail about everything has to do with the, um, the tournament. Um, but yeah, the, the viewership I thought was really good. I mean, I, I, I knew there'd be a pretty decent turnout, but I think as um, as this keeps developing, you know, this is a beta tournament uh, where we definitely are learning some things from this tournament that we're going to want to change in future tournaments. I think the participation and the viewership is just going to improve as it becomes, you know, easier to participate in, easier to watch, more entertaining to watch, looking better, like you were talking about the overlay with Farpa Noodle. You know, we just keep refining it, keep making improvements, and yeah, I don't see anywhere uh, it going but up. Well, we at one point in time on Friday, or not Friday, Sunday, we had around a thousand viewers. Now, I think that was a you know, attributed to time zone. It allowed the Europeans and Americans to be on at the same time. Um, on Monday, we had a drop a little bit around uh, 300 viewers. And I think that actually attributes to first matches start at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is, you know, depending on where you are in Europe, could be one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, four. And of course, if you're in, uh, you know, another country, maybe at work and stuff like that, if you're in, you know, Asia or Australia and stuff like that. Um, but the one thing that, uh, you know, I, I think is needed is I didn't see an email go out about the tournament. And I'm all for, you know, Facebook posts and posts being on, on the MW forums. But, you know, one thing I've learned um, is not everyone goes to the forums. And PGI's even stated that in IGP as far as uh, not everyone goes to forums and checks. So if they don't go to the forums and they don't follow you on Facebook and maybe they don't, they're not active in the community, how would they know about something like this? And I feel like... That's something, you know, again, we've passed on, me and Darren, to IGP and PGI that, hey, you know, like, these these avenues of, of getting people, you know, aware of what's going on needs to be tapped into. And, of course, it helps everyone because you guys, the units, possibly get more recruits and more viewers and more hype and stuff like that. But I will say I was actually surprised to see that many people. And it may not be as big. I think, uh, you know, Tyler, you are pointing out the launch event we had 
think three or six thousand some odd people watching um that was also hyped up quite a bit more it was promoted socially and stuff like that um with this i see events like this becoming even bigger and bigger and bigger community warfare streaming stuff matches big you know big tournaments what happens when we get actual official like brackets and scoring and rankings and stuff we're going to be able to cover that kind of stuff and i think that's really cool so I just I don't know I just see more and more positive and I can tell you from my standpoint is me and Darren will be doing everything with within our you know means to to, to move this forward whether it's uh, you know, helping organize future we've already sat down and, and created a document for uh, the spectator cam feedback by the way we had a ton we know a lot of people were like oh you know this or I can't see anything or why don't you have this or why don't you do this trust me if we could have we would have um, but we sat down and we also sat down with uh, Siri Serial Thrax and Raffle Waffle afterwards typed this whole document up, sat down with uh, Carl. Uh, we showed it to Matt Newman and Paul as well, and they see the value in it. I'm, I'm telling you this. They see the value in it. They, you know, they were blown away by, you know, the participation and the viewership. And, you know, so props to everyone. Absolutely. And and speaking of everyone, Phil's mentioning Siri and uh, Rafa, and we also had Magician there. We had Ed Meister come in for a little bit, um, and not to mention Farp and Noodle on the overlay. Basically, just tons of people working in the background. Brandon was helping, Erodian. Uh, this is all basically the community. To me, this represents community, and that's why it was so cool for me. Uh, and that includes every single person that was viewing. I mean, during the matches, once the word did get out there, we were at like 700, like you said, up to close to 1,000 people. It was a, a very positive group of people that just wanted to watch some really good uh, matches and good playing, and they saw it. We, I mean, we saw a huge variety of matches, stuff that lasted till the very moment. You didn't know who was going to win till the last second. Matches it, you know, right off the bat, very aggressive, uh, Jaeger. Um, and matches that came to a draw, only two of them, thankfully, but uh, a huge variety and... Uh, it was just a really good time. I, I agree. I had a great time, and I think it's important to thank everybody that uh, participated be- behind and in front of the scenes. I'll also say one of the most important things is the teams being involved. Um, every single team captain um, hopped on our team speak, helped coordinate the matches. So shout-outs to you guys. Shout-outs to all the teams. Shout-outs to, again, the team captains. You guys, <laughs> seriously, I mean, to be able to communicate via email they hop on our team speak they help coordinate the matches hey we're ready we're green we're launching boom we're connecting uh and sort of give you guys an idea how the the spectator currently works is it's actually web-based um so it's not like we're in game and watching them it's not like we can see the lobby we actually don't connect until they're actually launching and in the match so if that's one of the things we've passed on too is uh you know future it'd be great to be in the lobby and maybe some functionality when you're in the lobby and in a spectator you actually can see all the mechs they're in and stuff like that but uh anyways uh, a long list hey, of updates to breaking to... news what's that this just in the hot fix is scheduled for today at 6 30 p.m pacific and that is uh 9 30 p.m eastern so when you're listening to this podcast it will already have happened let's cross our fingers for success nice hells all right, so let me go ahead and give you a summary of events uh, so far with the MW Tournament. Um, we had rounds uh, one uh, kickoff. We had day one, which was on Sunday, and day two on Monday. Um, I want to say I was actually fairly surprised at some of the results. Some very, very, very cool tactics used. Some very good um, you know, uh, positioning on the map. It was one map over and over. I think we all sort of, at the end of it, we were like, ah, oh, Forest Colony again. But um we saw ranged combat. We saw brawling. Actually, the predominant winner of most matches was brawling. Even 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 the end pushes where we saw you know like two two eighth win over smoke jag. It was a brawl at the end. Uh, I mean, so even though range uh, can be a factor, um, brawling usually occurred. You know, Tyler, you guys were fighting. It was a ranged combat for you guys at the start because you had range on uh, BSK. They pushed in and it was a straight up brawl. And uh, you know, anyways. I guess my point being is a lot of people just expected just, you know, Pop-Tart on one hill, Pop-Tarts on the other, but that's not how a lot of the top tier teams work. And I think you, uh, you'll you see that uh, as we as we move. Um, so we've got uh, day uh, round two kicking off on Friday and Saturday. The match and brackets are already starting to be updated. It uh, looks like the teams are reporting in. Um, looks to be like Friday. Most of the matches are going to be mid-afternoon and upwards, and then we already have mid-afternoon on Saturday as well. It looks like uh, the, the EU, US, uh, like Russian teams are going to be facing the US teams around 2 to, to 3 p.m. Eastern, which works in everyone's favor. So 
Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I've, I've sort of got an idea who I think is going to end up in the finals. Um, and I think maybe future, what we can do is something like a, maybe, I don't know, March Madness. I think that'd be really cool for like people to have brackets and you submit, you know, who you're going to think and, uh, or who you think is going to win in your brackets. Maybe it tallies it. I don't, how would you guys feel about that? You know, maybe we can talk to, uh, PGI about, you know, maybe something like that to where you submit your bracket and maybe the winner gets, you know, MC or something like that. I think that would be freaking pretty damn cool absolutely not yes i'm all for that definitely yes oh what are we looking at here i was just looking at uh tyler just linked uh something yeah 39 people put in predictions exactly like you were talking about this was was up on uh reddit outreach a few days before the tournament started i did not see this this is cool by the way predictions are absolutely shit i feel badly like I said, we saw some upsets. Like I remember, Raffle oh, yeah. was like, "Oh shit, I did not expect that to happen," and uh, it was just really cool. And uh, you know, this is the type. You know, again, we'll have a we'll have a post. Uh, you know, beta uh, tournament breakdown and podcast. I believe, I believe that was actually done up by Heffy as well. It looks awesome. Can we have that added to the uh, doc? Yeah, that's what I just asked, Brandon. I'll do it. All right, I'm let's wrap right this. Now. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right, guys, just a, of course, just a reminder, hey, if you're going to be doing any shopping at Amazon, uh, we have an affiliate link. All you got to do is click through that link. It adds nothing to your cost or an order or anything like that. It just kicks a small marketing percentage back to NGNG. So if you do shop online, maybe you have a business or maybe you got, you know, friends, family that use it a lot, share the love. Just click on that link. It's on the front page of our website and also on the forums at the very top. If you have like an ad blocker or something like that, I think we have a direct link so you can just click it. So anyways, we definitely appreciate that. Just a heads up, the All Systems Nominal Centurion shirt was ordered. So as soon as they get in, I'll let you guys know. I know a lot of you guys are wondering, hey, I ordered that a little bit ago. The trigger has been pulled. Um, The Battlemaster shirts are literally sitting in a box over to my left. They got here today on my porch. So I will be spending all day today uh, doing those. I don't know if all of them will be done today. And tomorrow's my 30th birthday. So I don't know if I'll be doing a whole lot of work tomorrow, if at all. You old man. I know, right? 30. Like... Yeah, but you know, one thing I did do is I told myself I'd run my first full marathon when I was thirty, Uh-oh. and I would just be, you know, I'd just be, I, I've got to do it. So, anyways, I've been working out for the past two months. So, thirtieth birthday and full marathon. I don't know. Maybe I'll schedule with anybody else who out there's run and is crazy enough to join me. Maybe we can do like a Myrtle Beach or something run Virginia or something. So let's see who else is crazy enough to join me. Get Tyler I'll join you here. for like the first hundred yards. So Darren's, uh, Darren's enough running for his life. He, I mean, he ran the original marathon like mm. all the way. Uh, and of course, uh, I just want to say a big thank you to our community, our listeners, new and old, and our amazing staff and sponsors, and to everyone that's been involved with the tournament. You guys are awesome. It's been literally a great time, and I'm looking forward to seeing round two, the quarterfinals, uh, semis, and finals. I think it's going to be superb. Anyways, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon. And this is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever